Okay. Here we go. All right. We're doing it. Super low brain power right now, okay? Just going to be living in a tired state for a while. And that's okay. Holy stromboli. Let's just jump right into this, okay? Extremely tired right now. But I figure there's not exactly going to be a window in the near future where I'm feeling optimal energy and ready to do it. So let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's get it out there. What the hell has gone down? Well, we added a family member. Got a new daughter. That's daughter number two, if you're counting at home. All right, we're filling another bedroom, and that's it. We're done. That is maximum capacity around here. And it's great, and it's weird, and it's fun, and it's exhausting, and it's actually a phase of life where I'm not even going to analyze anything. I'm just going to do it. Just do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Even if that means, I don't know, asking Paul Anka for a little help. And you're having a baby. I'm a woman in love and I love what it's doing to me. All right, not yet, Paul. Paul, we'll let you know, but not yet. All right? You realize every birth is probably an amazing story. Even a smooth and normal delivery is just wildly intense and genuinely amazing. Think about that. When you look at every human, every human populating this world, they all bust through a vagina like a high school football team just breaking through a banner on a Friday night. That's, in- that's intense. That's the most intense moment of all moments. And that moment existed for everybody's arrival. Just that animal-like moment of, I'm coming through a vagina. Baby number one, I didn't really look. I'll be honest. I was holding my wife's leg. Kind of took the angle from right behind her shoulder. Just kind of like, yeah, I'm good. I'm here. I'm helpful, right? I just, I'm not sure I want to see it. And then baby number two, all of the nurses were like, hey, pal, take a look-see. You're not going to get this back. There's no instant replay. And I saw it. I saw it. Unbelievable. I think people use that word a lot. Unbelievable. That was unbelievable. The ending of that movie was unbelievable. We're probably always misusing that word unless we're talking about the moment a baby comes out. Now that shit's unbelievable. And these people that work in labor and delivery? Are you kidding? These are the most incredible humans ever created. These are actual angels. They actually seem to enjoy each and every birth, at least in my two experiences. These nurses, these doctors, all of these consultants that pop into the room, they all bring positivity, tons of encouragement to every birth. They're at work. They're just sharing the most incredible moments of people's lives, and they're just on their shift. I can make a case it's the most important job of all jobs ever created. I could easily make that case. I could break down every profession happily. But I think I could win the debate if I had to argue that labor and delivery nurses have the most important job on earth. I don't even know what they're doing half the time. The amount of things they're hooking up and typing into a computer system. Just watch them. They're endlessly dealing with linens and needles and typing data into some monitor. I don't know. I have no clue what they're doing the whole time. But as they're doing this, these people can really multitask. 
They're educating us. They're informing us. They're letting us know what part of the process we're in, exactly what moment of the journey we're in. They're complete strangers. And then they become the closest people in your life. And then you say goodbye and you never see them again. These are just complete strangers that share your most special moments ever. They're just at work, punching the clock. Moms and dads just on this thrill ride. What do we do now? And then what? And these labor and delivery employees just have the answers, calmly sharing all of the answers, helping everybody to remain safe and healthy. It's a hell of a job. How do you just go home afterwards? You're a labor and delivery nurse or doctor. You just delivered six babies at work. You just go home, make some microwavable popcorn, start watching Netflix and Hulu. How do you go to sleep that night? That's way more placentas to deal with than a lot of jobs. Way more. I did the math. These people are dealing with way more placentas than the average job. Holy shit, are they impressive. So for us, I'll just be brief. Apparently, there's a giant baby boom in the Bay Area. And maybe beyond. A lot of people were having a lot of sex during COVID. That's what I learned. Because right now, it's actually tough to find a hospital bed in the labor and delivery wards throughout the entire Bay Area. I know this for a fact. Okay? That's not me Googling anything. That's an actual primary source telling you there's a big old baby boom in the Bay Area. Yo, there's a big old baby boom in the Bay Area. And that's because my wife called Kaiser on June 16th. I might just have to rap this podcast like an underground rapper. Yo, my second daughter. Situation's so dirty, we need a lot of hot water. But no available beds. My wife is starting those subtle contractions. So, of course, we call Kaiser and say, hey, we might be ready to come in soon. And the lady said, yeah, nope, we don't have enough nurses or beds. And that's not like when you call a grocery store and ask if they have fresh halibut. And if they say no, then you think, then we'll call another place to find fresh halibut. That's where we go, well, we don't know where to have a baby if we can't go to you. But we still went to Kaiser and Santa Rosa because I didn't want to do this in the bathtub. I didn't want to ruin all the towels. We have good towels. Okay, so it's actually the afternoon still, and everything is mild. This is the latent phase, the initial gust of wind. Thursday afternoon. Wife is barely wincing, making a contraction look easy. Just like, yeah, oh, there's one. There's one right there. Almost like she could even nap through these contractions. Mild. Slow gust of wind. And then by that evening, holy fuck, we're talking about Mount Vesuvius eruption level, volcanic contractions. Let the thunder roll. I mean real thunder. You know, humans usually don't create weather patterns, but this was real thunder rolling through my wife. And that reached a boiling point about 8 p.m. That's next level pain. I've never seen anything like this. Even more so than the first kid. I've never seen anything like this. My wife went from communicative to just an outer body animal experience within a couple of hours. Just hunched over, squatting, grabbing onto anything, turning objects into dust. She could grab a bedpost, 
turns to dust, grabs my hand, breaks every finger. All right, we're watching some Incredible Hulk stuff at this point. And there's no more conversation. There's no more, hey, how's that feel? She's not at the point of saying, well, that one on a scale of one to ten is probably more of a seven. No, 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 no. There's no Q&A at this point. It's just a screaming human saying, give me the damn epidural. No, 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 no. We're not ready, Paul. Why don't you reel it in for a moment? Just give me something. Give me the morphine. Give me the nitrous. Give me a pint of Everclear. What do you have in this hospital? And I'll be honest, because of the baby boom, because of the lack of nurses and beds, we were in this triage room where they weren't really attentive. They just kind of shoved us in there with our luggage and a little TV screen to watch the Clippers game because my wife was really into that. She was hoping their bench would be able to contribute because of injuries. The Clippers might struggle. Nope. Okay. Well, she wasn't watching the game. Instead, she was having her cervix measured and finding out things like, yep, not yet, not yet. She was being told not yet. So on a scale of one to 10, 10's the most pain you've ever been in. She's truly at a 10. She's at a 10. But when they measure that cervix, they told her, three and a half centimeters, we're looking for a five. We're going to need you at a five, you're at a three and a half, so why don't you wait here for a couple of hours? And my wife looked at me in a way that a lion looks at a zebra before he's ready to pounce for dinner. And she said, I ain't waiting for a five. In her hospital gown, ready to tear through the halls of this labor and delivery unit. Give me that! Just going into strangers' rooms, grabbing all their IVs and drugs out of every stranger's room. Give me that! And you give me that! I said, get that cervix where it needs to be. God, get that cervix where it needs to be. Well, luckily, somebody heard the screams. And then the next 30 minutes were a blur, an actual blur. Seemed like the lights went off. It almost seemed like there was a power outage and there were just a few lamps to make certain faces glow. I know this sounds weird, but here's my description of what I experienced. So one nurse came in and described the baby boom again and apologized and said, we just don't have enough. Do you want to speak to our manager? As if they forgot my curly fries at Arby's. Yeah, I want to speak to your manager. Manager comes out and it's just like, wait, get this girl her epidural. So they do find a room. I don't know how. I don't think it was the custodian's closet, but they found a room, put her in there, and she's flailing and screaming and flailing and screaming. And we're not quite at a five for centimeters dilated, but it seems like active labor is about to happen. Still seems like we're about to push and breathe in and push. And they weren't really offering any pain meds or epidurals or ecstasy or funnel cake or any morphine yet. That just wasn't being offered. But now we're in this blur phase. So we eventually yell our way into a new bed, in a new room, and then an actual superhero shows up. Her name's Lynn. She's probably in her 50s. This older blonde nurse who's been doing this for 30 years. Lynn comes in and she sees the condition my wife is in. And Lynn is able to see that the anesthesiologist has entered, but can't put in an epidural needle. Can't put it in. Unless my wife 
is absolutely still. Now, she hasn't been still in a few hours. And the idea of asking her to be still is like asking water to be a little less wet. Hey, water, could you just be a little less wet? Yeah, thanks. Hey, Shinny, could you be a little still? The answer was no. But why is Lynn a superhero? Because Lynn comes in and physically convinces my wife to stay still. So a few more gigantic contractions are coming and Lynn puts two arms under my wife's armpits and brings her head in and says, Hey honey, I'm going to use my big girl voice on you right now. I'm with you, but you got to be with me. We got to get this epidural in you so you can exist as a human in the world right now. That's about 10 PM where Lynn is giving the greatest pep talk, maybe in the history of the world. And at this point, it seems like there's seven nurses, 35 doctors in the room, 12 firefighters, five cops, and one Radio Shack employee. I don't know. You explain it. But it seemed like the room was heavily populated and all the focus was on my wife because things were erupting. It's about 10 p.m. at this point, And the anesthesiologist finally gets a still woman, still enough to put it in. And then whew, that shit works quick. Water broke around 1 a.m. Second daughter, Remy, shows up for a breath at 2.02 a.m. I fast-forwarded quite a bit. So now I have two kids, two girls. I'm officially a grown-up. I don't think I felt that until now. But yeah, I'm officially a grown-up. It happens. And my wife displayed... Actually, a lot of dads know this. When they watch their baby's mamas display that level of strength, you can't describe that unless you've seen it. And I saw it. I guess I've seen it twice now. But this time I really saw it. Like I looked. I looked. Lynn told me to look. She said, hey, put your eyes right there. Where this head of hair is coming out. I think five, six pushes. That's all it took. And this ear comes out and then we're counting fingers and toes and we're asking everybody, is she okay? Is she okay? Is she okay? Can someone answer? Is she okay? Is she okay? Is she okay? But yeah, it's a fact. Women are just simply the stronger gender. I don't even think it's a discussion. The amount of trauma, non-injury damage, trauma that occurs in that lower region. That's beyond words. All of that in order to bring a life into the world. All of you listening are the results of incredible stories. Or if you're parents and you're listening, you have your own story that's just insane, right? Paul, you honestly thought it was time? It's not time yet, Paul. You got Paul Anka trying to steal my thunder. Come on. I'm describing something very special. But yeah, all of these people in labor and delivery, they're just teachers for people like me. Even Lynn said, you look like a deer in the headlights, bro. All right? You stick with me. And Lynn's about five foot one, this blonde-haired legend of the hospital. She's giving high fives. I mean, this is like a Tom Brady situation where Lynn is just running the show. Folding towels, typing things into the computer, slapping me across the face. Hey, pal, I'm going to need you right now. Focused. Now you look at the vagina when your daughter comes out. Okay. Okay, Lynn. I'm good. I'm with you. Yes. Yes. I'm enjoying this. Thank you. But I have so many questions because I didn't really remember much from the first go around. It's weird how our brains forget. 
So that next 24 hours where you're just kind of floating, like it doesn't matter what day it is, what time it is, what month it is, you're just kind of floating around. I'm receiving a true education on babies again. I ask questions, they got answers. And I'm experiencing that level of gratitude that I'm not sure you experience that many times. I mean, it's good to be thankful and appreciate certain things, but that first 24 hours with that baby, I mean, that's a level of gratitude that's indescribable. Grateful for the baby, the mom of the baby, the doctors, the nurses, the lactation experts, the cafeteria workers. You're just grateful for everything. Electricity, hearing specialists, security guards, everything around you. You're just like, oh, I love that. I'm so happy for that. Even the person that comes in with the paperwork that kind of feels a little bit like homework, but you know you got to do it. Grateful for that person. Everybody who works in this field, or nearly everybody, seems so nice. Eh, the first person we dealt with was a little eh, out to lunch, but maybe she was at the end of her shift. The first person we dealt with who was like, yeah, your cervix is not cooperating. Mm-hmm. It's about a three right now. I'm going to leave you for about three more hours to suffer. But hey, we're having a baby boom. Yeah, we're having a bit of a baby boom in the Bay Area. So I can't help you. Is there any way to cheat on that cervix test? And just say, yeah, we actually heard uh, from a previous doctor it was a five. So come on, let's go. Let's go. I should wear a whistle. But my God, if you're down on the human race for a moment, if you're in the midst of reading some ugly news story or just some issue is plaguing you right now, it is good to focus on the people that work in labor and delivery. They will reinvigorate your faith in the human race, guarantee. Everybody just comes in throughout the next 40 hours. They come in, they write their name on the dry erase board. Need anything? I'm here for you. Let me do this. Let me check your vitals and then bring you a coffee. Let me do this. I'm going to give your baby a bath and massage your shoulders. How about that? Yeah? Okay, good. Angels and angels and angels and angels and angels and angels. There's even people coming in to do things I didn't know that they needed to do. Hi, I'm Tino. I'm your juice consultant. Today we have a fresh pineapple. I could also interest you in a cranberry, which could be very good, or maybe a classic apple juice. I'm like, Tino? Tino comes in in full scrubs. Name tag says juice consultant. Hey, hey, I'm Curtis. I'm your board game expert. I'll be guiding you through trouble, life, sorry, shoots and ladders, and Candyland this evening. I'm like, what? We have a board game expert? Every time the door opens, I don't even know who's coming in. The door never stops opening, and we welcome it with open arms. Hey, who are you? Are you our new nurse on a new shift? Are you a doctor? Are you a pediatrician, or are you the cake consultant? Hey, I'm Mary. I'm your cake consultant this evening. I'll be offering a red velvet, and if that doesn't work, I do have an old slice of wedding cake. Come on in. We needed a cake consultant. Write your name on the dry erase board. And then hang out. Boom. Door swings open again. How are you? I'm Pierre. I'm going to be here for the next two hours as your vocabulary consultant, Josh, because you haven't understood a fucking word uh, we've said in about 20 hours. So that's colostrum, meconium, swaddle, toggle, tittle, burnix, turnix, murnix, pipple, dipple, and midwife. Okay, I understood midwife at the end. This is yet another person who comes in and says things that I need to learn. God, feel good. 
All right, Paul, I think we're ready for you. Hey, Paul, we're ready for you. We're finally ready for you. And where are you? Oh, he wants a big intro. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Anka. Holy walnuts. I actually saw Paul Anka live in Vegas once. Oh my God. What a showman. I mean, he really captures the crowd. And isn't that what this podcast is about? Nope. Nope. It's about babies. And babies and babies and babies and babies and babies. And some people think babies are cute at first. And I don't really know how I feel. I think babies get cute eh, maybe three weeks in, maybe three months in. But initially, what are we really doing? When we say, oh, so cute. Like the nurses were saying, she's beautiful. She's so pretty. I'm like, you're what? They look like aliens or monkeys or alien monkeys or they look like claymation. I mean, they're amazing. But when the nurses were saying, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. I get it. I mean, I get the word beautiful. It's like, hey, a human formed in your womb and your placenta. For the last nine months. Yeah, beautiful. But they are alien monkeys for a bit, right? And they're being shaped at all times. And I'm in awe at all times. And she seems nice so far. She seems really nice, easygoing, chill. And I think the level of gratitude is because it wasn't easy. I've talked about the fertility issues that a lot of people should freely talk about because a lot of people deal with it. But this one took 20 months to conceive And then in the first ultrasound where my wife goes, I'm not allowed to go to these ultrasounds during COVID. I have to just be on the Zoom at home watching the ultrasounds. But on the very first ultrasound, I think this is what, seven, eight weeks in, there was nothing. It was just an empty gestational sac and an OBGYN saying, sorry, that happens sometimes. We were looking for a fetal pole, didn't see a heartbeat, didn't see a fetal pole. So tears and sadness and we're upset and we go, damn, what do we do? Do we take out a loan, get busy on another credit card for some IVF? We were ready to do anything, anything. But they still make you come back. If they find an empty gestational sac and no fetal pull and no heartbeat, they still make you come back a few days later. And that's where Remy was. Apparently she was hiding in the first ultrasound. So we didn't even really think she initially existed, but she did. And kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And now she's healthy. And now I love her. And now this episode is probably done. But I'll just end by saying her name is R-E-M-I, Remy. And that's an anagram, a word jumble, because it has the same letters as my wife's dad, M-E-I-R. His name was Mare. So with our first daughter, when we were looking for a name, we were thinking, what should we go with? How about a placeholder name? Let's use your dad's name as a little word jumble anagram. And then we just liked it and we kept liking it. And then we went to all the baby name websites and kept liking it and realized, all right, you know what? This isn't a placeholder anymore. This is the name. It's Remy. It's Remy Hazel honoring my wife's dad, Mare, honoring our grandparents with the middle name Hazel, honoring my grandma Harriet, my wife's grandpa Harry and grandma Helen. So yeah, that name continues 
a lot of our heritage. And I think that's it. I mean, there's a bunch of other shit that's bothering me, but it's not connected to the baby. There's a bunch of other stuff I could get into. But let's hold off on that. Let's hold off on that until episode 146. Because for now, for today, for episode 145, well, it's in the books. Paul! Paul!